All right, Faith Promise. Are you guys excited to be in church this weekend? Oh, my gosh. It's been an amazing day already. I just want to take one minute and welcome our speaker, our communicator. But before I do that, I just want to take a second and prayerfully raise our anticipation. Uh, you know, there's just people who have an anointing on their life. You know, Dad is just an anointed evangelist. There's probably yourself or someone in your life who is saved in a, a message. Rachel and Mom are anointed worship leaders. There's just people who have a certain grace, a certain gift for something. Well, Pastor Jimmy Rollins has an anointing for unity. And it's not about race. It's, 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 so, it's so beyond that. There's just where he has this ability to bring the church together around the Great Commission. And we've been called to church to win the world by equipping Christ folks win their world, starting with 1% of Tennessee. And there's no way we can reach 1% of Tennessee without unity. So I just pray that today that you have anticipation, that you're willing when the Holy Spirit speaks to you to lay down whatever you need to lay down today. So just as a sign of anticipation, will you stand and welcome Pastor Jimmy Rollins to the stage? Let's get excited about what God's going to do this weekend. Come on. Faith Promise, how y'all doing? So good, so good to be here. Y'all can have y'all seats, and I'm just pumped. I'm ready, y'all. The first two services, we went to another level. I'm excited, y'all. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm ready to preach like an old black Baptist preacher. I'm joking. <laughs> But I wanted to just first introduce you to my amazing uh, family. I've been married 23 years. It'll be 24 years. And if you can put my picture of my family up on the screen, those are my, my crazy family. Uh, my wife, Irene, to the, uh, I guess, your left. My right there, uh, 23 years. My, my son, Jaden, is with me. Uh, and then my oldest daughter, Kayla, is on the, on the left of Jaden. And then Maya, my youngest, 17, graduates. And we're about to be empty nesters, y'all. Come on. I told my wife, clothing is going to be optional. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I am so fired up uh, uh, just to what God is doing in your church, just what God is doing through your church. You guys got some of the best pastors, leaders in the entire world. Come on, put it together, your hands together for the Stevens family. And and uh, Pastor Chris and Michelle and, and Kyle and, and Rachel and I'm Kyle, Zach and Rachel. Uh, uh, and I'm just so pumped. I'm so pumped that we get to do life, me and Irene, with these amazing people. You guys are in good hands. I just want you to know. Uh, and then Micah beat me in golf really, really bad once. It's only going to happen once, though. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. Don't call it a comeback. That's a rapper today. But anyway, I'm pumped. I don't know if you can tell I'm black. And I'm proud. Amen. My wife is not. I actually pastored a, a predominantly African-American church in, in Baltimore for about 15 years. And it was about 99.5% black because my wife is biracial. Some of y'all like, you got it? You got it? You there? You there? And I'm just fired up about this word unity because our family has had to live this word unity out. And, and I want to start with the scripture in, in Galatians uh, chapter 3. And I love it in, in verse 26 and, and 29, Paul, he's like giving this church, he's like setting them up like how to reach their entire city. And he says this, for you are all children of God 
through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united, I love that, all who have been united in Christ, in baptism, have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. I love new clothes. Come on, ain't nothing like shopping. My wife calls it a habit. I call it a hobby. Come on, somebody. It's like putting on new clothes. And then it goes on to take it to another level about what these new clothes do. There is no longer Jew or Gentile. There is no longer slave or free, male or female. There's no longer right or left. There's no longer white or black or Hispanic or Asian. There's no longer tall or short. For you are all equal. What? You all belong to Christ. And you are the true children of Abraham. We are co-heirs, and God's promise that belongs to Abraham belongs to you. Faith promise. I'm going to preach today from this idea of a family reunion. I'm telling you right, there's nothing like a family reunion. Come on, bring your best side dish. Come on. You know, in that every family reunion, there's one family that can't cook. Come on, somebody. Like, everybody, it's like the whole meal is still on the table after everybody leaves, you know? But I had an Aunt Bessie. You got to have an Aunt Bessie in your family, somebody who can cook, that got extra skin hanging off both elbows, ashy, and Bessie bakes, she makes gravy. I feel like that there should be a weight limit. Like not, you know, I don't want food from skinny people who can cook, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Talking about I, I held the butter. Then what is it then? I don't, come on, y'all, it's a whole lot of goodness right here. But Aunt Bessie had this anointing. At our family reunions, let me tell you something. I, I, black family reunion, different. We ain't playing pickleball. I don't even know what that is still. We throwing horseshoes. We, we, ain't, we ain't playing poker. We playing spades and tomp. Come on, some of y'all like, what's that? But in our family reunion, it was honestly every single summer, it was like four to 600 people. Y'all like, that's a lot of family. Yeah, no one liked kids. We just liked each other a whole lot. You know what I'm saying? Just, some of y'all like, what does that mean? That means I love my wife more than I love kids. And the result of loving my wife is having a lot of kids. Come on, somebody. Like, 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 like our family reunion, so everybody bring their best side dish. And, and, and what I loved it is every year, Aunt Bessie, she, she, she was responsible for the T-shirt. This is actually my T-shirt. I would put it on, but it'd be offensive. You know what I'm saying? I would need an armor bar to stand in front of me the whole message. Be like, that's a lot of gut hanging out the bottom of that. I couldn't even raise my hands in worship. You know what I'm saying? But Aunt Bessie's job was to give everybody a T-shirt. Everybody was a part of the family. And she had this anointing. She had this commission. She had this purpose that she was set up her car at the entrance of the family reunion. And everybody who wasn't biological to our family, she would have extra shirts to make sure that everybody who entered into Blobs Park and Fort Meade felt like family. No matter what color they are, family. If they could cook or not cook, family. If they could dance or not dance, come on, somebody, family. If they clapped on the one and the two or the three and the four, family. If they wore baggy jeans or skinny jeans, family. She says, if you're going to be near us, 
you're going to feel like family. And then one year, Micah, she took it to a whole other level. She put everybody's name on the board. That's a lot of names. Y'all thought I was lying. Y'all was like, that's a preacher lie right there, four to five hundred, six. No, this is everybody who's biological. And I had to find my name. So I found my name, and it's two of my names on here. Come on, somebody. Because I'm double the size. No, I'm joking, because me and my dad have the same name. But as I was looking for my name, I saw all these last names, Jones and Davis and Queen and Patton and Fletcher. That ain't Rollins. And I'm like, then I looked on the front, and I was like, who's this? <laughs> my dad's like, that's your grandmother's maiden name. And I said, oh, so what I'm a part of is actually bigger than actually what I'm a part of. What I'm trying to say is the part you play pales in comparison to who you're playing for. What I'm saying is we represent way more than our biological family. We represent way more than our church name. We represent way more than the name that your mama and daddy gave you. You are under the banner of a name that is above every name. Come on, somebody. And at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. And I came to commission you to have an Aunt Bessie anointing that at work. You would have a spiritual box of t-shirts to hand out to people who are not yet in the family of God. We need a family reunion. Never forget those long rides to the family reunion. And my mom and dad would have a conversation with me and my sister. Come on, my mom and dad, we ain't believe in timeouts. Come on, somebody. There was whoopings, not, not, not whippings, not spankings, whoopings. Come on, somebody, like, and my mama would turn around and she says, listen, you better make sure you act right. Come on, somebody. And then she would go and say, the, how many of y'all got crazy family? Come on, raise your hand if you got crazy family. If you don't have your hand up, you the crazy family. Uh-huh, it's you. Don't nobody want to tell you. I'm, I came to tell you. You. Come on, somebody. Look at the person next to you and says, are you crazy? Are you crazy? My mom and dad would tell us who we couldn't hang around, who we couldn't go to the bathroom near, who we couldn't talk to because they got into a fight with that person earlier. Come on, somebody. In that year. And I wondered as I was sitting in the back seat because I didn't want to get a whooping. If we're going to a family reunion, how are we not going to call them family? Just because they think differently than us. Just because they act differently than us. Just because they vote differently than us. If they family and they got a t-shirt on, why should I avoid them? Hmm. We need a family reunion. The body of Christ needs a family reunion. I actually believe that the local church is the hope of the world. That if we're going to change the game of unity in the world, it's going to start from the church out into the city. But guess what, guys? The local church, I'm not talking about the four walls of a building. 
I'm talking about people who are commissioned to the four corners of the earth that is going to love anybody, everybody, and anyone. I'm talking about the kind of people that look beyond fault and see need. I'm talking about the kind of people who love differently, different people than what we've been told to love. I'm talking about people who expand the ideology. I'm talking about people who, watch this, who don't sin or don't judge people because those people sin differently than them. Uh-oh. Uh-huh, I'm coming down your row. It's coming. This is going to touch us all today. This is not a message for white people or black people. This is not a message for, for Hispanic people or, 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 or Asian. This is a kingdom message. This is a message where the church begins to understand that my ethnic culture is subculture to the kingdom culture. Come on, somebody. And I got to start looking at people that are different than me as my brother and my sister. We need a family reunion. We need a family reunion. And the problem is, is division. Hate, racism. Stereotypical thoughts, prejudice, judging people. It's a byproduct of division. Division. And can I tell you that division in the garden, it had no color. Started early. My wife's been ordering all these DNA tests, and she want to spend money on finding out where she come from. Come on, somebody. Like, girl, I'm all you need. I don't know why you're looking back when you got all this in front of you. But I think it's important for us to understand our spiritual DNA, where we come from. Where, where does this sin come from? Where does this bias come from? Why do I have these preferences? We all have them. Whether it's gender, whether it's generational, whether it's ethnic, come on. Whether it's a college football team, we all have preferences. We have these preferences of what we're comfortable with and these preferences of what, what, what allows us to have proximity with certain people. But when I look back to the garden, when Adam and Eve sinned, the Bible says in Romans, it says when Adam sinned, sin spread to everyone. It entered into the world. And we all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. You know what sin is in the essence? It separates us from God. Division. It divides us from God. Adam and Eve, same color, division. Got passed down to Cain and Abel, their kids, same color, division. It goes to Jacob and Esau, twins, born at the same time, division. You can't tell me it's about racism. It's about division. And racism is a symptom of what happened in the garden. And we cannot fix, come on somebody, a symptom without going down and finding out what's causing us to bleed. Uh, symptoms. We got to go back and break the stronghold of division. A kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. A city divided against itself cannot stand. A house Divided against itself cannot stand. If you look to the division in the kingdom, look at the division in the city. And if there's division in the city, go to the houses. Nothing to do with race. 
there's division in marriages. There's division in your biological family. If I asked everybody to raise their hand, how many, right now, how many people in this room, don't do it because you might be sitting next to them, have somebody in your family you don't like? Somebody in your family who offended you? Somebody in your family who, who you haven't forgiven? I'm talking about in the generational lineage of your family. Some auntie, some uncle, some cousin, somebody in your family. Come on, somebody who, who, who you got issues with. Guess what? That is a seed of division, and it is blocking the kingdom of God to unveil itself in your family. Uh-oh. So, Pastor, uh, so many people says, well, 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 Pastor, I hear what you're saying, but, but how many, what's the steps for us to, to, uh, to, to eradicate, you know, racism? And there ain't no steps. It's the presence of God. It's a church who's going to worship until the glory of God shows up and breaks strongholds. Guess what? You cannot break a stronghold with a strong plan. You cannot break a stronghold with a strong effort. The only thing that breaks a stronghold is kingdom people. Come on, somebody, who are worshiping the king and the heaven and the kingdom of heaven invades earth and begins to change hearts. Let me give you all a thought. In my best efforts, in my greatest convictions, in my solid foundational ideologies, you know what I've never done? Change the heart. So why do we spend so much energy allowing people to know what we're against rather than who we're for? <laughs> Only the Holy Spirit can change a heart. Only the Holy Spirit can eradicate hate. Only the Holy Spirit can forgive a broken heart that has been passed down from generation to generation. Only the Holy Spirit can change the minds of people who were taught since they were in a high chair about those people. But when the Holy Spirit shows up, everything that doesn't look like heaven has to change uh, we need a change of clothes it's crazy to me how the body of Christ Christians if people don't adopt our political views that we judge them as if they're not adopted by God. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> I don't know if this is going to encourage you or tick you off. I don't care. Are you ready? Anytime you put making a point over making a difference. We have sacrificed the agenda of the kingdom. Like three people was like, mm-hmm, preach that. Because if we're honest, there's some posts that we need to go back and take down. If we're honest. I'm talking about me too. 
people tick me off to? There's some people I want to smack in the name of Jesus. Come on. I'd rather throw hands than lay them. You know what I'm saying, Micah? I, I, but am I pushing, is my opinion pushing them away from God? What if I'm the only Jesus that they ever encounter? I, it's difficult for me. We were talking about this last night. I, I don't understand why we'd rather tell people about the sin they're already in and they already know rather than about the one who can absolve them of that sin. It, 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 come on, Christians. Come on, Christians. Come on, Christians. And then what we do is we ostracize the people we're actually called to. I, it's difficult for me to even fathom that the gospel message is so powerful and Jesus goes to heaven and gives us the Holy Spirit and commissions us to go and reach some people, to go and reach only Republicans, to go and reach only Democrats. No, he doesn't say that. He says this all power has been given for the church to reach all people. Now go and make Democrats it don't say that. It says go and make disciples. Some of y'all are mad right now. It ain't me. It's the Holy Spirit saying get over yourself so I can finally bring revival to your family. But I do not give revival to hearts that are divided because revival is about multiplication, not the method that you think it should come through and the message that you think it should come to. I am repenting right now. God, if I have stopped my family from experiencing an aspect of you, God, change my heart. Can I tell you, God does not give multiplication anointing to divided people. It's true. It's true. Again, I didn't come to change you. Just came to hope that you would get an Aunt Bessie anointing. Uh, I was passing a church right outside of Baltimore, Maryland. I took over my parents' church in 2011. Parents' church was, again, predominantly African-American, except for my wife. <laughs> I started talking about diversity. I started talking about reaching all people. I started talking about and casting vision for a diverse church. You thought I was Lucifer himself. You gonna change our church? Yeah? I want heaven to show up. You, because I, I begin to understand that if you don't have the great commission, you actually have the great omission. If we're not after all people. And the, and, and the feedback I got was stuff like this. Why can't we just have church to ourselves? Oh, black people too. I'll never forget this lady, she came to me and church was her thing, it was tradition and she says, I put our vision on the wall and I, what fell? Microphone racist. <laughs> and 
she says, I put our vision on the wall and I put pictures. And she goes, Pastor. I said, what? She said, there's white people on the wall. I said, I know. That same lady, we started singing this song, Break Every Chain. Can you play that for me? Put me in the right key that I can sing it. There is power, right? I said, in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. It's power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. And I would say, there's an army. Rising up. Uh-huh. There's an army. Rising up. So I was saying. There's an army. Rising up. Uh-huh. And I was saying. To break every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain. And she came in. And we, we didn't sing it that way. We said, there's an army rising up. Right? There's an army rising. Now, when, when this song came out, there were two artists who sang it. Kim Walker. She could sing, sing. Come on, worship young, come on. And then there was Tasha Cobb. And Tasha saying, break every chain, break every chain. And, and, but, but guess what? And I said, ma'am, you missed the whole point of the song. The song doesn't say if we clap on the one and the three that that breaks the chains. The song doesn't say if we clap on the two and the four that that breaks the chains. The song doesn't say that if our worship leader has on skinny jeans or our worship leader has on baggy jeans, that breaks the chain. The song doesn't say that if you play the keyboard or the B3 organ, that breaks the chains. The song says, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess to break every. Can we sing that over our family? Can we sing that over our city? Can we sing that over our country? Come on, faith promise. Let's put your hands up. Come on. There's an army. There's an army rising up. Come on. I want you to understand what the enemy attacks since the beginning. Family. That's what he does. He wants different color t-shirts with different color names. And it forms in, a, in the form of denomination. In the form of who's right or who's wrong. 
But the Bible says in Psalms 133, how good and pleasant it is when God's people dwell together in unity. It doesn't say how good and pleasant it is when God's people dwell together in uniformity. It doesn't say that. But the word unity and the essence of the word, it embraces difference. It embraces diversity. And if there is no difference and there is no diversity, then there's no need for unity. But guess what happens? It says when unity happens, the anointing of God is released. And the anointing of God is the authorship. It's God's favor. Come on, it's God's glory. And when it shows up, it gives us the ability to command blessing. Y'all hear what I'm saying? So watch this. When you forgive someone who doesn't deserve it, God's anointing overwhelms your hurts. And then you, what you're doing is you're showing them the love of Jesus. Because yeah. what happened on the cross was unity. Jesus was bringing heaven to earth. Y'all yeah. don't hear what I'm saying. To unify people, a sinful people back to God. Are y'all with me? So watch this. So when you forgive people that don't deserve it, you show them a love that they've never seen. And when you show them a love that they've never seen that's beyond you, they fall in love with the God who only is the one who gives you the ability to love like that. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Without God's love, you can't forgive. Without God's love, you can't repent. Without God's love, it's condemnation rather than conviction and compassion. Uh-huh. So what happens is, is this. Unforgiveness is heavy. I don't know why, but I'm feeling this heavy right now. There are some of you right now, this ain't got nothing to do with race. This has to do with biological family. If there is a fracture in your biological family, where y'all at? Let me see your hand. Come on, somebody. I believe God gonna heal you. I want you to leave your seat and walk up to this altar. I feel it in my spirit. I don't know. Uh, 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 Zach told me I could do this. He said I can call people to the altar. And what I did in the back, I had a vision of people leaving hurt and leaving betrayal and leaving unforgiveness at the altar. And I'm telling you right now, it's not a strong conversation that's gonna break every chain. It's not a strong I'm sorry that's gonna break every chain. It's not a strong counseling session that's gonna break every chain but the power of God showing up in the house of God to break every stronghold of division so that heaven can come to earth so father in Jesus name I pray God today that we trade in heavy and hard for easy and light I pray God that when we get up from this floor when we leave this altar that there be such a freedom in this house. 
God that the that I'm talking about that there be a true heavenly reconciliation repentance that goes from our house out into the city out into the world out into the kingdom God I pray right now when you showed up John the Baptist said repent for the kingdom of God is at hand so right now we repent so that the kingdom of heaven show up in the kingdom of earth and everything that doesn't look like God's glory shows up and overtakes us so here's what I want to do father help us to forgive I want you to say father help me to forgive help me not to hold a grudge if they never say I'm sorry I forgive them because that's what you did for me. The Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He had a plan to forgive us every time we said we never did it again and we did it again. Come on, somebody. Come on, college students. God, if you give me an A on this test, I promise you, I'll never drink again. What? <laughs> Y'all, I want you to look at me if you altar. If you're at the altar. Here's what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to be like shameful. He wants you to be like sorrowful, right? But what we're gonna do in a second is we're gonna go to the enemy's camp and we're gonna take back what he stole, our joy, our peace. Are y'all ready? So, so I'm gonna tell you what we're gonna do. This is what had happened. What had happened is, is when I count to three, we're gonna stand and rise above the hurt. When I count to three, we're gonna stand, I, I'm telling you, and we're gonna sing this song, the worship team, the drums, the keyboard, the bass player, the guitar players, some people gonna clap on the one and the three, some people gonna clap on the two and the four, some people gonna clap on every single beat, but we gonna praise. Let me tell you what happens when we praise. Strongholds and chains, ask Paul and Silas, they fall off. And even people in the audience that might not say, mm, that's too much. That guy's a little too much. I don't care no more. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Because I stayed up too locked up for so long. And I have come to the understanding to the level that the devil has attacked my family in shame, in addiction, and fear, and division. I'm gonna give him double back in praise. Are y'all ready?